media at SAFM with Ashraf Garda. Exploring every media platform and industry. Only on 104 to 107. Sunday morning means it's two hours of marketing, branding, advertising, PR, basically all two-hour masterclass in, in brand communications. Great that you chatting to us, listening in is a, is a lonely enough, and we'd love it if you engage with me. You can do that as we go from topic to topic, and you have strong views on it. Now, welcome your strong views on air 0891104207, If you are SMSing, it's 34701. And while you're SMSing, what about some adverts that really worked for you throughout uh, the last week or two? Also, your, your, your pick on brand, uh, brand fail and brand wins of the week as well. And we can think about many that may fall into those categories. You can, in fact, do the same if you're tweeting. Use hashtag media show. You must do that. So we pick up a trend of discussion all throughout uh, the morning and as inevitably happens all throughout uh, the afternoon, long after the show has, uh, has gone. So much to talk about. I can tell you now, the Bakshini Chatty uh, had a last day at the SABC on Friday. We'll chat to her about that later on in terms of where exactly the who, what, when, where, why. That comes up later on. And, and this one you can't ignore because myself and Daniel Munzler have been having a chat about other things, uh, but uh, things that get fabricated. So maybe the issue of fake news will, not maybe, will come up and, and what to do about fake news. That comes up later on. Let's start, however, with something that has dominated the headlines um, in terms of South African news outside of politics for the last month, I would think, at least, right? And that's the issue of those... Cars that have uh, that have flamed. I'm talking about the Ford Cougars, and you know it's been going on for a while, but it's all come to a head in the last few weeks in the holidays. And suddenly, uh, a few days ago, they had to then make a statement because, in fact, they were forced to to withdraw. They were forced uh, by the authorities to say, "Well, if you don't act, we're going to act on your behalf." So suddenly, they made some statements. Now, there's a lot that was said and was not said still, and we thought uh, from a, a reputation management point of view, uh, let, let's do uh, our own masterclass in terms of what have they done right, Ford, I'm assuming, what have they done right, what have they done wrong, what's missing from this entire discussion around the concept of um, reputation management. So if you're going to call in, let's talk less about the actual car uh, in terms of whether it's safe or not. That's really not what we're discussing. Our focus is on once the problem occurred from day one, how did Ford react? What have they done? What have they not done? That's what I'm particularly interested in. Daniel Munzler, as you've heard, is with me. He's the director of MCC Consulting and just back from uh, where? Iraq and Indonesia over the last couple of weeks. So there you are, uh, from the fly- flying pen into whatever. Let's get to, into <laughs> Daniel. Good chatting to you. Hi. Good to be back, Ashraf. Good. Thank you. Right. Okay, so just, just your opening, open, just, just a one line. If you had to pronounce uh, just a one line in terms of Ford and, and how they, if you had to score them, let's call it that. Uh, out of 10, how they've handled it, uh, this whole issue around the the Ford Cougars, what would you say? I'd have to give them a score of 2 out of 10. Why the 2? The 2, I think, just because they actually did do something eventually. Um, As you said earlier, they were put into a position where they actually had to go to market. They did call a press conference. They they did say what they needed to say. They said the right things. Uh, And I think that, at least in their credit, they were put into a position where where they had to do it. So they did. But I think the the loss of the eight points is what's going to be more interesting to discuss. Because it's one thing to say what you need to say when you have to say it. But I think why a two out of ten, the the two biggest things for me, is it came across as though there was no ongoing risk assessment from a reputation and brand management point of view over the last 12 months. 
in terms of nipping it in the bud much earlier on and not getting to the point that they got to in the last month. So, so let, let, let's then go back. I mean, so I think it was about a year ago when, when we had the first experience, and sadly there was a loss of life, right? Yeah. Uh, at that stage, what should, what should Ford, in this case Ford, Ford SA, right? Maybe at some stage we can talk Ford SA versus Ford Worldwide, right? What should Ford SA have done? In, in the first instance. So when you talk about good crisis communication management, and I, I work with a lot of companies on their crisis communication, there are really three simple things that they needed to do. And especially by the time it got to the, the very unfortunate death. But once you get to the second or third one, you realize that it's not just a fluke situation. Mm-hmm. It really does, is actually happening. So what it is is, first of all, admit that it's a problem. And acknowledge that. And not the textbook response that makes it feel very cold and distant, that the brand doesn't actually care, but really talk about an admission of this is what's happening. And then the second thing moves into identify the facts or correct the facts, set the record straight. And the third thing is to say, what are we doing about it? And people want to know very early on what it is that's being done. But what's very important when you get to something like this is where was the leadership at the beginning of this situation? The MD, the CEO. So so what did they do for the first one? Well, remember, it, they, they did, and I remember back in some um, articles in August where they came out with a very, very cold approach. They did say, we're investigating it. If I remember the quotes more or less accurately, they talk about um, analyzing data and we make decisions based on data. But what about the people that were involved? That's what people want to hear. People want empathy. People want remorse. People want acknowledgement. People want to know, not just people driving the Ford or driving the Cougar, mm. but the public in general wants to know that what has become a household brand, and they've done a lot to build up that brand over the last few years, that the brand cares. And that goes back to behind-the-scenes planning around scenario forecasting, managing your key messages correctly, and one of the key messages should have been around empathy, should have been around caring, and that, unfortunately, didn't seem to come across. And that was a big gap. So so, so here's the point. I mean, you're saying things can go wrong, and the public will be sympathetic if a big organization gets something wrong, provided they say... We will what? We will investigate it, we will look into it, but in the meantime, we are really sorry about it. I yes. Mean, is, is that what they want to hear? And addressing it, I think it goes more to that. You can't just say that you're going to do something about it. You have to demonstrate that you are doing something about it uh, in, a, in a much more proactive manner and in a sincere manner. People see through, people know a lot more than what brands think people see. Mm-hmm. And it's very important to come across as being very sincere, being very open, being very authentic, being very transparent. And also that the most senior leaders in an organization are on the same page, are part of that conversation, are inviting dialogue with the various stakeholders, be they media, be they customers, be they the general public. And that element of closeness, that element of empathy, that element of we are in control of the situation, we acknowledge it, and we want to work with you to improve it, was an element that isn't there. And if you look at it right now, and I'm sure as, as, we, as we chat further and we look into the social media aspect, something that, is, that continues to go amiss are the issues that are of real concern to customers, the value of their vehicles, um, the safety of their families. Absolutely. We, were out at, you know, we were out at dinner last night, and we were just talking, and, wh- and one of the ladies was saying, but I've got two children. What happens if, that ha- if, 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 the, if the Ford catches fire when we're sitting with two children in the back seat and I need time to you get You can't out? Those get three or four people issues. out. Absolutely. Exactly. Those are the real issues. So, you know, when my sister-in-law was saying that, that was a fascinating point that really brings it home to say that's the element of caring. Why 
are we not addressing those real issues? Why are we not becoming more sympathetic and empathetic to what really matters to people? It's All not right. just about bottom line. I'd like to get your opinion, 0891104207. Uh, we talked about uh, the Ford Cougars in so far as the reputation management of the brand is concerned. Uh, what, what is your thoughts as, as a consumer, of, you know, as, as a driver of cars, as someone who, who observed these cars, as someone who's interested in marketing and branding and communications? What, what are your thoughts about how they've handled it all through the last few months? And, and what about the last few days as well? And has that shifted the needle in terms of how the public assesses them in terms of uh, brand damage or, or not? I think the one thing is a given, no matter what they've done. If you have a Ford Cougar car right now, you are as scared as hell, because the truth is everybody is, right? And we've seen those memes doing the rounds about don't park next <laughs> to me. That's the one. But, but the other is, you know, can you sell your car and who will buy your car? Um, so there's huge concerns from all aspects. You know, one is about life, but other things, what, what happens next? So well, bottom line, it must have an impact on you. So hashtag media show if you want to comment as well. Just do that right away and then tweet to me and to SFM Radio. But love it if you call in to 0891 My guest is Daniel Munslow, who's the director of um, MCC Consulting and does work in the space of um, reputation management, does it so extensively. Right. Okay, so two out of ten before... You gave me a wish to see what they should have done. Mm. What have they done wrong? Let's get to the eights then. I think we started talking earlier about leadership, and I think that's something I want to go back to. Now, you can't necessarily draw parallels to this, but I want to get the principle across. In August last year, the Emirates 777 crash landed at Dubai International Airport. Within Mm. 90 minutes, the chairman of Emirates was filmed live to Facebook and to Instagram and everywhere, and the point was to get across the, the acknowledgement our plane crash landed. I would like to commend the crew for the great work they did getting everybody out safely, um, the firemen and all the emergency crew that were, were so good at, at responding so quickly to the situation. And in reality, if you look back at that video, there was no fancy branding in the background. Yeah. There was nothing. In fact, there was a very simple ticker that had the chairman's name, and it was an acknowledgement of saying, I'm the chairman, this is my brand, I'm, I'm the captain of the ship, and I am going to make sure that you know that I know what's going on and that we're managing it. Where was that? So, so that was completely point. absent. So, so the lack, and, and that, would, that would ultimately have to be fronted up by one person, right? So you may have the old organization, but it's the same thing like in South Africa. I mean, the chairman of the country, chairman Inc. is the president, yeah. ultimately. Yeah. Uh, the same with many other countries yeah. in the world. So, so you'd ultimately expect that person to front up and you say, that actually never happened. No, it didn't come across in a way that made you feel the, the, the leadership of the brand was taking it seriously, was taking it um, to heart, and was addressing the real issues that the four drivers and the public had. Remember, we all live in a society where we acknowledge that things can go wrong. And especially when you're driving with machines, things go wrong. It's how you handle them. Nobody has a problem accepting that if something goes wrong, it can be addressed. And a lot of research has been done in the past. You made a very interesting observation just now. What happens when, how do people react when nothing goes wrong, when something goes wrong and nobody addresses it, and something goes wrong and it's addressed. Mm -hmm. And they did some very interesting research a couple of years ago in the hospitality space, and they showed that people were most likely to return to that brand when something went wrong and it was addressed. In fact, more people would go back to that brand when they had something happen to them, but it was addressed properly than people who just had a regular stay or a regular experience. So it shows how people engage with those situations. That means that, that people want to see how you, respect, or how you react when things do go wrong. Because yes. inevitably for a big brand uh, in a hundred year period, clearly things will go wrong. 
They always will. Yeah, but there's, no, no, there's no doubt about is, that. Is That's it not fair to say that, let, let's take the first one, when that first car flamed, right, the first Cougar uh, a while back, maybe the first one didn't warrant big media attention because it was like, you know, there's a slight fault and it's a bit of a freak. But as you said, once it came to, when it, once it came to number two, number three, you knew there was a trend that was developing, so no flute to use your words, right? Mm. Is it not fair to say that, that Ford were probably advised by their legal team to say, you come up now and you say, you sorry, this is not one plane. This is now three or four sure. already, right? You, you say anything that implies that Ford is to blame, you are opening yourself up to a major lawsuit mm-hmm. for, for everybody else. So therefore, just keep quiet. Yes, you're absolutely right. And that is unfortunately the difference between now the, the legal side and sort of the compliance side, but you're dealing with people. And people, your, your customers are not interested in the legalese. They want to know what it is that you're doing, how you're engaging, how you're reacting. And there are plenty of ways to structure your messages that you can navigate around an admission of guilt, mm. but at least take ownership. And I think that there's a very fine line in how you do it, but that's what people are looking for. And they, they're getting to that point now where they've basically admitted that through the recall. They're saying, yes, there's this, this challenge. But now, what's, uh, you know, I was looking at some of the, the comments that were on the front page of the newspapers in the yeah, past go week. Ahead, yeah. And what, I think what Ford was hoping for was that they would have headlines like, Ford acts fast, Ford puts safety first, Ford cares about its customers. Ford reacts immediately. Instead, just a few of the ones that I've picked up, now other Ford models ablaze. Figo and Focus owners say their cars also caught fire. Ford is pathetic. It fails to, quote, go further. Um, Slam uncaring dealers, because they're saying, now Ford, now we'll talk about from a crisis communication point of view, you need your operational framework in place. If you're going to go out and say, please contact our call center for a problem, you just need to look at social media to see people saying, we've called you, we've been on hold for four hours, nobody's doing anything. So that's uh, an issue that's coming out there. And a very interesting quote, no brand is above the law. And that was the comment where it said, the national consumer body forces uh, Ford SA to recall Cougar SUVs that burst into flames. That is not a headline that you want to have if you are proactively managing your crisis. You want a headline that says, Ford... Ford goes further by doing the recall immediately. And now, I mean, when you finally get this, this national consumer body that comes up and says, uh, you know, they thought they may make an announcement in a few weeks, but they were obviously behind the scenes mm. putting pressure on Ford to do something, and Ford was doing nothing. When you then had the final uh, flame cougars a few days ago, they had no choice but to step in, and therefore they actually reacted first, right? Uh, is it a case now that no matter what Ford does, the reputation is, is seriously damaged, and, and that's it? I think the the reputation is very severely damaged, and within the realm of crisis communication is a a growing um, philosophy of what's called resilience. So you get the crisis communication management, which is the period of the crisis, and a very long-term or medium-to-long-term resilience program that you put in place to rebuild a brand after a crisis. I think the, the unfortunate situation that we're seeing here, certainly from the the poor interaction on social media by Ford with customers, um, not as much leadership involvement as, as people would have liked to have seen, is that we now sit with a situation where instead of only have to, having to build up 20% of the brand again, you're going to have to build up 80% of the brand again. And that obviously takes a lot more effort, a lot more time, um, a lot more um, investment, a lot, they're going to have to do a lot more to get the brand back to where it was. But again, the real issues, and you just pointed it out, 
if somebody owns a Ford Cougar today, and uh, there are a lot of comments going on about social media, mm. so, and I'll quote one of them. Mine is currently at the dealer, losing big value on my car. Also have a big problem with key not detected, various other issues that she points. I'm still in shock after I heard what the dealer wants to offer me for my Cougar, selling it back to Ford themselves. <laughs> now, these are the real issues that affect you as an owner and the public. And there was uh, one of the news outlets did a survey last week. 20,000 voters within, what, 48 hours. 41% said they would be very careful when, uh, whether to consider buying a new Ford. 39% said the Ford saga has put them off the brand altogether. That is so, 39, so 40, virtually 40% are gone. 40% are gone. Another 40% will seriously reconsider whether to do it. And only 20%, 2 out of 10 people said the recall illustrated Ford was actually concerned about the safety of its cars. That is not what they were hoping for. Okay. And wow. I think a lot of that is because it wasn't addressed timeously. Well, there you are. There's, there's more comments about SNS. Ford did nothing right. They get 1 out of 10. They never took responsibility. The, they only talk after being forced to do so. It comes from a goalie. There's more. There's some tweets as well. I'll pick up uh, hashtag media show. Talking about the Ford Cougars and, and where it's put the Ford company and, and the lessons you can learn in your company because there's not a day that a company and a brand is, uh, gets something wrong or doesn't get something wrong and then it has a public attack on them, and that's what social media does nowadays, but the question is, how then do you respond? And of course, we're talking from minute level to suburban level to something very national as well. Either way, you do have to make some sort of a response as well. This is the Media Show. Something has come naturally to SAFM, SAFM. like being SA's news and information leader. Information leader. SAFM, 104 to 107. Well, maybe I can test it on you. Will you ever buy a Ford again? Uh, maybe the other one is, will you ever buy a used Ford again? Will you buy a Ford Cougar? Think about that one in the short term, right? Uh, in fact, uh, Marissa Loder, of course, calling herself Just Call Me. I mean, I had chatted to her last week. She, she's quoted something that, that I've actually forgotten, uh, Daniel. She's saying, she's quoted me, okay, uh, in terms of my tweet saying, if leadership doesn't fix the problem, then leadership is the problem. That's, that's a tweet that I've, that I tweeted a while back. And I mean, that, that's exactly the point that, that you've made, right? Yeah. Let's then, let, let's then look at, at social media. You, you mm. said there's, there's some interesting things that have come through. Go ahead. I think there are. Um, I think what we've seen, <laughs> the, the social media has really been handled um, quite poorly. By, by Ford, though. By yeah. Ford. Um, I think if you look at things, you have a situation where Ford continued almost blindly to post about other campaigns they're running while completely ignoring what the comments were to all of the, the promotions and activities that they were posting on there. So all the marketing efforts that they were actually um, putting and in, including on their page were simply being met by all the responses saying, well, instead of doing this, can you actually tell us about what's happening with the Cougar? So it's just a, it's, it's an element of mismanagement. But what I found very disturbing was that they were not addressing the real issues. And there was a lot of generic copy-paste of generic responses telling people to, and I quote, get in touch. Hi, so-and-so. Thank you for getting in touch. Can you, inbox, um, can you inbox your contact details with the details of your concern listed here and our team will get in touch? There was no real step-by-step acknowledgement of what people's real mm, issues mm, are. Mm. The lady um, that I quoted earlier that was on social media saying, mine's in the dealer losing big value. Where's the response? And the interesting thing is we, kept, we keep on talking about in crisis communication, try and nip something in the bud. Mm, mm. The reason why you get hundreds of people saying, but the value is going, the value is going, why aren't you doing anything about the value, is because the comment is, oh, just email us your details and we'll get in touch with you. But what that points to me is a very strategic question of 
is their social media function insourced or outsourced? And I don't know what the answer is. Mm-hmm. And how much delegation of authority does the social media, media team have to actually engage with customers? And so what should they be doing? I mean, so you asked the question, but what should, does it make a difference whether they're insourced or outsourced? I think it does, because when you've got somebody that's outsourced, there's a lot less delegation of authority and a lot less direct line of sight communication with the relevant stakeholders between legal compliance, ethics, the leadership team, the comms team, to address issues in absolute real time. And I think that that comes across from the response. As I say, I don't know what the situation is behind the scenes, but when you simply see a copy-paste a couple hundred times of the exact same thing, you really wonder how strategically it's being managed. Because, I mean, here's the point. Even if they're outsourced, in a case like this, you obviously bring in that team, and for that period, they now work within. However, I mean, not not in physical walls, but they're very much under you for that period, right? They should always be like that. Absolutely. Yeah. But and more I think, so now. Yeah, and I think with, with social media, we're in a space where, um, you know, Professor Jim McNamara talks about something called the listening architecture. The listening architecture is about if you say something, and in this case we're talking about social media, are you actually doing anything about it? Or is it just a generic response that you hope you put there with the hope that it'll just go away? And that's the sense that you get across. And the reality is people see through it, and it angers people. And you can read the comments. Anybody that goes onto Ford's page to look at the responses that people are getting sees what it is that's happening. And when there's something particularly difficult, then you can actually see that it comes up saying a message was addressed privately. Yes, there's a space to do that, but the more information that's made more transparent, and that's the era that we live in, it actually appeases others because you can see that it's being addressed. So, so your thought, your advice, if they came to you now and said, well, if we simply responded to every social media complaint by saying uh, inbox us and we'll, we'll take it up, is, is that the right approach in, in the social media era or is that the wrong approach? I think it is situation specific, to be very honest, but I think in this particular situation, and it's such an emotive topic for so many people, there's a need to address more real issues in real time, and that goes back to flexibility and agility. It goes back to saying, if something happens today, we need to respond to it yesterday. We're not in an era where you can address something today and have a series of meetings to maybe contemplate the possibility of addressing it in a few days' time. It just doesn't work like that anymore. And companies to be more agile, more flexible, more sincere. And you raised a very interesting point earlier about the legal side. But in good crisis communication planning phase, you bring all of those subject subject matter experts in to your core crisis communication team to address them before they happen so that when X situation unfolds, you understand the level of severity and the level of impact, you understand who needs to be in your core crisis comms team, and you run with it immediately. You don't start planning for a crisis after it's happened. You plan for it before it happens. Okay, so here's the big takeout, and you're in that space. One of the big lessons to all of us is preempt all sorts of crises, is what you're saying. Absolutely. And, and have a plan when it happens, and then obviously you, you modify and adapt that when you actually have the, the actual crisis on hand, and then you adapt it to the situation. Absolutely. And, you know, there's, I've, I've worked with a lot of organizations on scenario planning around crisis situations, and it's a very difficult and sometimes uncomfortable conversation to have. But to have a holding statement press release of the loss of a leader, heaven forbid something like that happens, but you want to be ready for it. It has an impact on your share price. There's investor relations um, components that are concerned. 
Do you think for a second that an airline doesn't have a holding statement for if mm. something happens mm. to one of its aircraft? Those are simple realities that we need to move past in order to prepare for any eventuality. And if you can't prepare for a specific eventuality, at least put yourself in a position where you are able to closely address it, but be nimble and agile enough to be able to address it as soon as possible after it happens and not wait 12 months to do what people expect you to do. All right, we're going to wrap up. Uh, let's then get back to, to the very beginning. Would you, uh, in, in terms of the brand now, what, what should Ford, if Ford came to you now, said, we've heard this guy, we're impressed, we need to hire him. If they came to you now, what would you tell them? I think... Because what's done is done. Right? What's done is done. What would you tell them now? So the reality is what's done is done, and the, the crisis communication phase is over. What we need to actually now do is start building a resilience strategy to say, what are we going to do over the next six months to address the real issues that people are concerned about, to rebuild the confidence trust, rebuild the messaging matrix of the real issues that we know are the hot buttons for people, and rebuild that trust. Bring the leaders more closely to the consumer and to the brand itself, make it more visible and public, and put a face that cares onto the Ford brand. Is there an example of, of another brand? Um, what just comes to mind about C and their CEO, I think it was, who made some comments about women, but, 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 but I mean, that's just one, there could be many others. Is there an example of another brand that was faced with something similar in South Africa and how they handle it that you can share with us? I think there are a lot of examples in general of, of um, smaller crises that happen on a regular basis. But if I just go back very quickly to, to aviation, if you think about British Airways when they had a, a crash landing at, uh, at one of the airports when one of the wheels fell off after mm -hmm. landing, the leaders were all over it immediately. We, you know, commending the pilots. We're so grateful that nobody was hurt. Safety is our primary concern. We're going to be looking at the other aircraft to make sure that there isn't a similar challenge. So it was no admission of guilt, but you felt, oh, the leadership are on top of it. They were aware of it, and they're going to make sure that I'm safe. That's what you want. Okay. Daniel Munslow, thanks for your time. I'm going to leave you with uh, further thoughts. In fact, before we, we go, just a, there's a question from Max here. Can yes. you ask the gentleman, what is reputation management as opposed to plain old honesty, sincerity, and integrity? I do believe it's concepts like brands which are taking away accountability. Corporate leaders must stick to simple virtues and stop all the sophistry. Um, if your product is faulty, own up and do the right thing. D does it make sense? I actually think that's spot on. You know, one reputation management reputation management strategies are the overarching terminology that encapsulate the way in which you manage your brand, your messaging, your crisis, um, your media relations, the PR side of things, and your internal communication. How do you think employees at Ford feel uh, when they see all of these comments being made? But when we talk about honesty, and I, I think you, that, uh, the, the callers absolutely hit the nail on the head there, it really is about saying that honesty, transparency, and accountability should be your, your pillars that support your reputation management strategy. It trumps up all sorts of uh, fiddling around <laughs> no the pun intended. But the word, but the word uh, Trump may not be the right word I'll no use now. Right, here's your honesty answer, uh, my, uh, Daniel Munzler. Would you buy a Ford today? In the current situation, unfortunately, I would have to say no. There you are. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Daniel Munzler, thank you so much for thank your time. You. Fascinating. Well, I'll tell you what. Feel free to tweet even further points. So confirm what you've said and even say more than that. Just tweet just now to hashtag.